If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, uh, 6 to 10. And I want to talk to you about the importance of continuance. We need to continue. Praise his name. So Colossians 2, 6 to 10 is where we're going to be uh, looking at here today. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth as you are taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We bless you today. And God, I just pray, may that word go forth, and may you grant us fresh understanding in our hearts and in our minds as we listen today. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, uh, praise his name. Good to see you all here in church, and uh, great to have you in church. Great to have those people online as well. Really appreciate all that uh, faithfulness. But as we read this passage of Scripture, I want to echo the words of the Apostle Paul of the importance of continuing in the faith and in our practice of Christianity. And uh, during these last uh, months, uh, our, our Christianity has really been uh, affected and changed and had to you know, learn new things, new learn, doing things differently. And, and we are living in a time where things are, new things are happening all the time. And there's no question that there is an acceleration of knowledge. There's an acceleration in doing things differently. And even as churches, we're facing new challenges and even doing church differently. And uh, COVID has certainly has changed the way that we do church. And now most churches are online weekly, which is a real good thing. That's been a blessing in that part, that the, the gospel message has been able to get online and that people can join us online. People can check out a church. Instead of coming to a church, they can kind of go online and check out what your church is like and see if that's something they may want to come to or not. And so there's been a good thing in that sense. Uh, certainly it's caused a lot of work for us, a lot of changes. And again, I just want to thank our staff here in the church and Cynthia and Christopher and, and all the people that uh, helped us to do church from the you know, musicians, the sound people, the ushers, and course, for the people that actually came to church, like yourselves here today. And uh, we really, really appreciate that, and we appreciate the work uh, that has uh, gone on uh, here in our church. Uh, I feel very blessed as a pastor to, to realize that we didn't even miss a Sunday. We were ready every Sunday. We got online the first Sunday when church was closed down. Uh, we were open the first Sunday that we were uh, allowed to be open. And uh, if you look around in Alberta right now, there are still churches that are not open and that they only have an online service still. And so uh, thank you to all the workers and thank you uh, that enabled us. Yeah, give a hand to yourselves because uh, you're here and you make this all possible. And so I, I just am very, very grateful uh, for all of that and um, feel very blessed, really do. Um, but of course, there are some things that aren't so good. Uh, 
lots of thoughts out there that are not such good thoughts. There's lots of divisions that are happening uh, around our world. Uh, a lot of wisdom that is out there, but I'm not really seeing a lot of the godly wisdom. And I think we need to be seeing more of godly wisdom being present uh, in our world. You know, as the, I read articles about the church, if, if I believed every article I'm reading about the church, I would quit as a pastor. To be honest with you, if I took everything that I'm reading right now about the church, I would just say, I'm out of here. I am done. Because they're telling us that, you know, 10 to 15% is what's returning to the church. Now, we've got way more than that here. But for churches that are open, that's all they're experiencing, 10 to 15%. Um, right now, there's a lot of uh, churches that are suffering financially, uh, churches laying off staff, uh, pastors quitting. Uh, they say COVID, very interesting. They say that this time of COVID has been the worst time to be a pastor, and it's been a time where people have been most critical of pastors. I kind of found that one was interesting. And it also tells us that one in five churches are going to be closing in the next few years. And uh, so you start reading all that stuff, you think like, what? What? Like, that's a lot of stuff, not a lot of very negative stuff that's being spread about the church. Now, while there may be some truth in all those reports, I want to tell you something. My hope is not in those reports. When I read those reports, I'm not saying, yep, yeah, that's what's going to happen to our church. That's what's going to happen to me. No, I'm not believing that at all. See, I'm believing what the Bible says, that the gates of hell will not prevail. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to believe what the Bible says. And even though there, there may be these things that are happening right now, I'm going to put my hope in my God and in my Savior because my God is bigger than COVID. He's bigger than anything else out there in this world. And that's where my hope is going to be because my God is bigger. And so that's what I believe. I'm believing for a harvest still. I'm still believing that there's going to be a harvest. I believe there's going to be many people come to Jesus Christ. I know that throughout this time of COVID, I had lots of opportunities talking with people in our community, talking to them about church, talking to them about God. I'm getting lots of opportunities. I don't know about you, but I'm getting lots of opportunities. And I'm hearing people tell, you know, Pastor, I am going to come to your church. I've been watching you online, and I want to come to your church one of these days. And I believe there is going to be a harvest and that we're going to see many new people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so while we're hearing all these negative things about the church, don't believe them all. Don't believe them all. Look to what the Word of God says and be looking to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And I think that's what we need to be listening to. I really do. See, the church throughout the ages has always struggled with balancing how does one do church? Human philosophy, human thinking, and even evil forces have tried to confuse the church throughout the ages. And again, that's why it's so important to remind ourselves, what does the Bible say? Before we start believing everything that gets written out there, what does the Bible say? And what, does the Holy, what is the Holy Spirit saying to the church? And, and you know, when you read the book of Revelations, eight times it tells us to be listening to what the Spirit is saying to the church, because it's accusing the church of listening to too many other things and compromising. And when God says, you need to be listening to what I'm saying to the church, that's something so very important. 
So the Colossian church, they were falling in this trap of being convinced to live their Christianity differently than they had been taught. They were being encouraged to compromise in their faith and in their walk with God. And so Paul points out, he said, listen, you know, this is really a problem of human thinking, human philosophy, and even evil spirits at work influencing the thinking even in the church. And so, friends, we need to realize that we do not just battle against flesh and blood, but against spirits and powers and, and principalities uh, of evil that are working against us. Even as we go through this time of covid I hope you realize there's more than just a natural thing that's taking place. There's also spiritual things that are taking place as well. And so this Apostle Paul, he gives us this message to pay attention and remind ourselves of what we were taught as we came to Christ, and then to continue in the teachings that you have received. A good little saying is when confusion abounds... And even when things happen in your own life and confusion starts to come into your own life in the area of your faith, go back to the beginning. Go back to how you started. Go, go back to those fundamental truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go back to that faith when you came to Jesus Christ and look at what you did. And as you look back, it'll help you to walk forward into what God wants for you. You know, we really need to be so careful that we don't get swayed by human thinking, human reasoning over what God's word says and what the spirit of God says. Because the church can be deceived. We can be deceived. The Bible tells us all through scripture that, listen, even as a church, even as the very elect of the church, you can be deceived. So we need to be careful. So Paul calls the church, continue in what you were taught. Hold on to those teachings, which is really a message for us today as we examine all these new thoughts and all these new opinions and ideas and, and strategies and, and things to do. We need to be balancing that with what we've already learned. We need to be balancing that with what the Word of God says. And friends, may I encourage you, don't forget your past. Don't forget your history. There's a lot of people today, they're forgetting their history. We watch that in our world today. They think they know, they, they don't know squat because they don't even know their own history. And, you know, the Bible's telling us, we too, as Christians, remember your history. Remember as you came to Christ, remember that excitement that you had. Remember the things that you did that, that helped you walk the walk of faith. And as you get sidetracked, go back to that. Go back to that. You know, we live in a world today where, you know, we're constantly redefining sin. And I want to tell you something. If the Bible says it's sin, then it's sin. Now, you, make, you can discuss it. You can make all the excuses you want. You can water it down. You can express your opinion. You can even feel good about your sin. But I want to tell you something. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. You've been deceived. You've been deceived. There's lots of practices today in Christianity that should not be, just like this church and, and the Coloss was it facing. They needed, as a church, to hold the course, continue in the faith as they were taught. Otherwise, the Apostle Paul said, you're going to be led astray. And we too, we need to hold on to the course, continue in the faith as we were taught, so we do not get deceived and get sidetracked. So we need to look a little bit deeper 
into these verses here and what Paul is saying to us to continue. We are to continue. We're to hang on to. We're to endure. We're to keep going. We're to persist. We're to carry on. We're to not give up. We're to progress. We're to keep moving forward to continue in holding to those right teachings that we have been taught and continue in the faith. And so the first part of doing that, the Apostle Paul says, continue to follow Jesus. Continue to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, That's so very, very important. We need to continue to follow. Jesus Christ needs to be the center of our faith and remain the center of our faith. Make sure you're following him. Not me, not a church, not a denomination, but make sure you're following him. Colossians 2.6. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. To continue in genuine faith, you need to continue to follow the person of your faith, who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is to be your Lord. That means he's to be your master. He is to be that one that you would chase after, that you would follow after. He is your savior. He is your master. He is your teacher. He is your God. He is to be the center of your life. The Bible says there is salvation and no one else. He is the truth, he is the life, and he is the way. There's no other way to heaven but through him. So he's telling you, you need to keep the focus on Jesus. So be careful of placing your faith in someone or something else. Be careful of being persuaded by human thinking and reasoning that there's some other way of faith or that you know maybe your faith isn't all really that important. You need to remember, who's your God? And the Bible says, serve him. Follow him in all his ways. Don't follow the world. Don't follow other Christians. Follow Christ. Make sure you're following the Savior that you believed in, that you're not following some other perceived Savior or some other perceived philosophy or perceived gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be careful. Know your God. Continue to follow him. Keep your eyes focused on him, the author, the finisher of your faith. Focusing anywhere else is going to sidetrack you. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the Savior, who was sent sent by God from heaven to this world, who became our Savior, who died from our sins, who rose from the grave, proving who who he said he was. He's our Savior. He's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He is the sent one. He's the promised one. He is the one that has fulfilled the scriptures in amazing detail. Keep your eyes on him, the mediator, the reconciler to God, the supreme one, the creator, the ruler of all things, the one who's been given all authority, all power, who sits at the right hand of the Father. That's our God. Keep your eyes there. Remember who he is. Colossians 1, 18 to 20 Apostle Paul said in the, in the previous chapter, he said, Christ is also the head of the church, which is the, his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's the first in everything. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's our God. Follow him. Follow him. To follow him, you're going to be doing what he's doing. 
You're not going to be doing your own thing. You're going to be doing what he's doing. Follow him. Follow him. He is the Lord. He's the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. He's the Savior of the whole world. He's greater than any prophet. He's greater than any teacher. He's greater than any disciple. He's greater than any angel. He's greater than any demon. He's greater than the devil. He's greater than anybody, every ruler, every authority, whether in heaven or on earth, he is greater. That's who he is. This is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He's paid the price. He's redeemed us from the enemy of our souls. He's washed us in his blood. He's forgiven us. Do not neglect so great a Savior. Follow him. Follow him. That's what he's telling you. You need to continue to follow him. Follow him all the days of your life and keep him central in your life. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Keep following him. You know, in a day when we have so many doctrines, so many philosophies, so many opinions, so many lies, so much manipulation that's going on in our world today, we really need to keep that focused on Jesus Christ. We need to keep looking to him. Hebrews 12.2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects her faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now we see it in the place of honor beside God's throne. We need to continue to follow. Keep the focus on Jesus. He is our author. He is the finisher of our faith. He's the one that completes our faith. He's the champion of our faith. We need to continue to follow him. Keep your eyes on him. That's a must. And that's what Paul is telling the the Colossian church as they're dealing with all these philosophies and all these sayings and what people are saying. And he's saying, hey, when you see all of that, get back to that focus on Jesus. Make sure that focus is there. Follow Jesus. And then secondly, in continuing the faith, we must continue to grow in Christ. We must continue to develop this relationship with Christ and grow in our faith. Colossians 2, 7 says, let your roots go down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth as you were to taught. So we're to continue to grow. We're, we're to continue to increase. We're to, to continue to develop in our relationship with God. And if you're going to have a relationship, you obviously got to work at it. If, if you're an individual here that has been married, you realize that there's work to do to keep that marriage vital and important in your life. you got to work at it. If you have friends here today, you realize, you know what? i got work that I need to do to stay friends with that individual. There's things I need to do. And so you got to work at it. Same with the gospel. you got to keep working at it. you got to get your roots down deep so that when the winds begin to blow and when the enemy begins to rise up against you, that you're not going to fall over. You're not going to be blown over. But you're going to be rooted and grounded. So that's important. Get rooted. Get grounded. And that's the first part there of growth is that get rooted, it says. Plant it. Allow those roots to go down deep, suggesting a permanence that, you know what, I am anchored to Christ, and no matter what comes my way, I am going to stay anchored. Make sure your anchor is secure. Make sure it's in there really, really good, that no matter what comes your way, you're going to hold on. 
And we don't want to be like some Christians that are up and down. We don't want to be like Christians who act more like the world than, they, than like Christ. We don't want to be like Christians who are led astray. We don't want to be like Christians just looking for temporary relief or just being a Christian because my parents make me come to church. No, we need to be a Christian that has made a commitment to choose Jesus Christ and to follow him all the days of our life. It means that we're going to pursue him all the time, not just sometimes, and that as we keep pursuing him, that we get stronger and stronger and stronger. Whether you've been a Christian for 80 years, 90 years, you're supposed to be stronger. You know, the greater the age, the greater the strength that we all should have in following Christ. Get those roots down deep. Do everything you can to grow deeper. And then the second part of continuing to grow is to build your life on Christ. Again, continue to work at it. Building suggests a continual process. You never stop building. There's a lot of Christians that have stopped building in their life. You know, they accept a Christ. They, you know, they maybe go to church once in a while, and that's it. They stop building. We're not to stop building. We're just keep going forward, keep moving. A relationship with Christ is a continual relationship that needs to be built upon. You need to work on the relationship. Just as we work on our own relationships in the natural, we need to work on our relationship with Christ. You don't accept Christ and then say, I'm done. Good. I, I said the sinner's prayer. I'm good. I'm, I'm ready for heaven. No, that's not what you do. You keep serving. You follow him. You make a decision. You make a commitment to serve him. You keep building on that relation. You keep talking to God. You have prayer times with God. You, you spend time in his word. You, you read God's uh, autobiography. And you get to know more and more and more about him by reading the word of God, the Bible. We need to study that word of, uh, of God. And we need to stop, you know, we need to continue to assemble ourselves together. That's really important. I'm thankful that you're still here today, that you, you come in this place and that you're assembling together or you're assembling even online, but there's something about being in person. We need that fellowship of one another. We need that as Christians. You can't do it on your own. And we even need the church. God designed the church. And we need to continue to meet together that we might be built up in him. And again, Apostle Paul is saying, watch out for all those philosophers. Watch out for the carnal Christians that are using the human wisdom to twist the truth and try to water down and manipulate you. We really need to work at our salvation. Build upon it. Philippians 2.12, again, the Apostle Paul says, Dear friends, you've always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Work on your salvation with fear and trembling. There's another translation. That's what we need to do. It needs to be very, very important in our lives. We need to be showing ourselves as a workman approved by God. That's not what everyone else says about us, how well we're doing. We need to be looking at what God says how we're doing. How are we doing with God? What's God saying? Grow in your faith. Get grounded in your faith. Raise the level of your devotion and dedication. Keep building. Then the third area to grow is to get to know the truth of God's word and the gospel message. 
We're to pursue truth. We're to be people of truth. You know, and a sad thing today is a lot of Christians do not know the truth. And I'll, I'll tell you a reason why. is because they're not reading the Word of God. You know, uh, we are blessed to be able to have Bibles galore in our homes. We probably, probably everyone here probably has at least three or four Bibles. Maybe you have a dozen Bibles that you could find in your home. We're to be reading them. They're not just a collection. We're to read those. Read the Bible. Get to know the Bible. And if you struggle with various languages, then get, get a Bible in your language or get a Bible in a, a modern translation. But whatever it is, get yourself into the Word of God and know the truth. Because it's the truth that sets you free. It's not all these thoughts and all these things. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. This is what we need to do. This is going to break this in society. This is going to help this in society. Well, it needs to start with the foundation, truth. And when you don't have truth and foundation of truth is not there, then what happens to your world? You're seeing it happen already. Chaos. Chaos. Because there's no truth. We're not looking back to the truth. And so as Christians of all people... Apostle Paul is telling us, go back to the truth. Get into the truth. Know the word of God. Know the word of truth because that's what you need to base your decisions on, the truth of God's word. Again, study, pursue that relationship with God, pursue and knowing uh, the truth. Back in chapter one, the Apostle Paul, again, he addresses this. He says in one twenty-three, he says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So don't drift away. Don't be deceived. And the only way you're not going to be deceived is if you know the word of truth. That's what keeps you from being deceived. There's lots of people out there today watering down the gospel, getting people to believe in half-truths. Real truth has the power to change you. Real truth has the power to set you free. And that truth is found in the Word of God. That truth is found in Jesus Christ, the life, the truth, and the way. And then lastly, in this life of continuance, you need to continue to be thankful. Colossians 2, 7, and you will overflow with thankfulness. This thankfulness is to continue throughout our lives. We're to overflow it. We're to abound in it. We're to continue in it. It needs to be a habit forming in our life and present in our whole lives. Gratitude, thankfulness, giving of thanks, appreciation for God and for one another. I think as I look at some of the problems that are facing our world today and the divisions that are in our world today, if we would get back to that place where we start appreciating one another, loving on one another, being thankful for one another, it would really solve a lot of the problems of our world today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We're to be a thankful people. We should always be looking for something to be thankful for. Even when we go through difficult times, we should be looking, what can I be thankful? What can I learn from this time that I could give thanks for? Having a thankful demeanor in our lives helps us keep our faith in Christ, helps us to continue 
and the faith. Our world right now, along with the demonic realm, is causing a lot of fear. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of racism that is happening right now. There's a lot of separation. There's a lot of mistrust. There's a lot of differences of opinion. (coughs) A lot of criticalness. A lot of those things are prospering in our world right now. We need to get back to that place where we are thankful. We need to get back to that place where we appreciate one another and start speaking words of appreciation. Start speaking words of thanksgiving. It's only going to be those kinds of words that are going to break the spirit that has fallen upon our land of division and racism and various opinions and mistrust. Start speaking the truth. Start speaking those things that God is is saying to you. We are to continue to be thankful. The Bible says you're to abound in that. You're to overflow. You're to be in excess of being thankful towards one another. And I think that's a beautiful expression. To start looking out there in our world and instead of joining in in all the criticism... Maybe change things around and start saying thank you. Thank you. Start changing our world and say, you know what, I appreciate you. You know, I, I was, uh, I can tell a story if any of you here in our church, but a person in our church this week, they uh, were crossing the road and some things spilled out of the back of their truck onto the road. And what I found really interesting and what I was quite proud of as a person of St. Paul I was watching the people that stopped and immediately began to help. Just pulled off the side. There's a native gentleman that was over by uh, uh, the, the store. And they all came over and they just immediately started to help, help that person, put everything back on. I, I did a quick UE around the block, but they'd already headed back on that vehicle. But I was saying, now there's something good about St. Paul. A lot of people have been complaining about this and that, and I'm saying, well, there we go. We just had different nationalities, backgrounds of people and cultures, and you know what they were doing? They were helping one another. And I was thinking, yeah, that's what we need more of, some appreciation, some thankfulness. we got a lot of great people, wonderful people. Our world is filled with wonderful people. We need to be appreciative and thankful and expressing that more. I know we're guilty of that, even as a church, Sometimes we're, we're guilty of not saying thank you enough. We're guilty of not saying, you know what, I really appreciate you, or talking about our musicians or an usher that's always here, or a person that you see in church that is just an encouragement to you. You know, it's good to kind of tell people that, you know what, you're a blessing to me. You know what, when I see you in church, I don't talk to you very much, but you know what, I, I kind of see you how you worship. And you know what, I, I just get so blessed. There's probably a lot of people that don't even realize that, that, Maybe their worship is encouraging somebody else. Maybe just the fact that they're there in church is encouraging somebody. We need to do that more. Encourage one another. Say, I appreciate you more. It's really good. Continue. Continue. I know there are many pressures, temptations, trials that are out there. And a lot of that is always trying to get us sidetracked. We all fight it. I fight it too. I get very easy sidetracked. I try to stay away from the news right now. It really gets me upset. I want to get right in there with them and uh, kind of have a chat with them. But 
so I have to turn it off so I don't have those thoughts. But human logic, clouded judgments, controversies, lies, philosophies, worldly opinions, they are really getting an audience today. With all of our social media things that we have today, everybody's views is getting out there. And friends, we better know what we believe. And we better hold on to what we believe. We need to continue in what we were taught. We cannot afford to be asleep and unaware of the times that we are living in. There's a time to, con- uh, this is the time really to continue in the faith, not to give it up, not to water it down. Man, this is the time to hold on really strong. So let's continue to follow. Follow Jesus. Not telling you to follow a church or a denomination. Follow Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's so very, very important. It's a time to grow in our relationship with Christ. It's not a time to go lax in our walk with God. It's a time to grow. And it's a time to be thankful. Thankful to our God, but also thankful for one another. And thankful for the people in our community. Thankful for you know, our, our teachers going back to, to work. And they're going in there. They're not sure what everything's going to happen. But you know what? They're ready to go. The kids, they're ready to go. And uh, let's be praying. Let's appreciate one another and uh, be thankful for one another. So the Bible says, continue. Hang on, endure, keep going, persist, carry on, don't give up, progress, keep moving forward, keep holding on to the right teachings that you have been taught. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Keep holding on. There are some things I really believe are going to start changing very, very soon. I have in my spirit, I just keep hearing God saying, listen, hang in there. You know, one of my first messages when COVID happened was the message of patient endurance, which I told you back then. I said, okay, I don't necessarily have that quality. And, but you know what? He's been working on all of us, right? Patiently endure patiently endure. This is a time to patiently endure. You're going to come through. You're going to come through, but there's something good at the end. And that's what we got to keep hoping for, believing for, and not be sidetracked by all the other things, but to keep believing. I'm believing for a harvest. I'm believing for new people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I realize that, yeah, some people may walk away. That always happens, but I'm believing there's going to be a great harvest. And I believe the harvest is going to cause people that walked away to come back and serve the Lord. I believe the backslider is going to come back. He is going to come back when they start seeing what God is going to do. I'm going to put my hope in him because he's a big God. And we say about it. He's a God that blesses us. He's a God that tells us the gates of hell are not going to prevail. So continue. Continue in the faith. Don't stop. Don't stop. Continue and the faith. Father God, I thank you that you are a God that gives us strength. That Lord, it's not just only in the natural that we serve you, that we follow you, or that we pursue to grow, or that we're thankful, but that you're the God that gives us strength. You're the God that gives us help. You're the God that comes alongside of us and helps us on this journey. So, Lord, we're believing in you again, trusting in you. And, Lord, we're just going to boldly say, I trust in God. 
I may not know everything about the future. I may not know how everything is going to turn out, but I know I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to continue to follow him wherever that journey may take me. Even though it might be scary at times, I may see the things that are on my right. I may see things that are on my left that may be trying to persuade me that, no, it's going to be a different ending. I'm going to keep following Jesus right through, right through that war-torn area. I'm going to keep following him and staying behind him because I know I am safe when I stay with him and when I walk with him. Continue to follow him. Continue to follow him. If you're here today or if you're, maybe you're watching online and you're saying, you know, I've been listening and I realize that I haven't really been following the Lord. I haven't been really trusting in the Lord. Well, friends, that can happen to any one of us. We all have times where, if we're honest, we've probably failed in those areas. So we just simply say, God, I'm sorry. Help me to get back on track. And that's what this Word of God is for. It's to help us to get back on track. So Holy Spirit, help us to get back on track. Father, I pray that you would just put those blinders on for our vision, that, Lord, we won't be distracted to the right or to the left, but that, Lord, we'll only go forward and just follow after you. And, Lord, we know that's not always easy. But, God, I know that you're there to strengthen us and help us. And so I just pray that, Lord, there be supernatural help supernatural strength for each one of us to follow in your ways, to follow after you, and to keep our focus on you. And Lord, if there be those people today that have never opened up their hearts to Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that today that just simply they would say today, God, I do believe. Help my unbelief. But I pray that you would just simply ask Jesus, come into my life today. I do believe you. I want you in my life. I welcome you to come into my life and take away my sins and change my life and make my life better because that's what God does. He comes into our lives, turns things around, and makes our life better. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do that to each person that's looking to you today. In Jesus' name.